0: Welcome to the Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Dune Part 2. May thy knife chip and shatter. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek Centric. Joining me for today's review and our trip back to Arrakis, we have the one and only Mr. Nate Shelton. How are you? Let's get spicy! Yeah, getting spicy, spicy. Oh man, I'm spiced up. Let the spice flow, is what they say.
1: Right? Oh, I'll it's let it it's let flowing, it flow. dude. Oh, it's yeah. flo- Justin, I'm so <laughs> I'm so stoked to talk about this. one. To think that it was just about 3 years ago that we we discussed the first Dune movie and now with part 2, we're Dune it again. Yes. <laughs> Dune
0: it all over again. Doing the thing. There's we got to try to not <laughs> beat this episode with so many dune puns or dune. Else we're gonna get it we're gonna get to it
1: listen i got big beautiful blue eyes over here i'm uh, i'm ready dude i'm stoked
0: your eyes aren't blue are they they're like a gray oh, blue th- you are never looked blue?
1: oh i'm offended i try not to You never looked into my eyes i try not to <laughs>
0: Your, your earthworm starts to show if you, you know, yeah. my, my sandworm, <laughs> yeah, sandworm just gets out of hand. Okay. Uh, yes. As I mentioned, we are here today talking, uh, giving you our spoiler free thoughts on Dune part two, Denise Villeneuve's follow up to Dune part Part one, Um, if you've been living under a rock or maybe you've been living on a desert planet and doing some spice, uh, (laughs) let me catch you up to speed. The saga continues as award-winning filmmaker Denise Villeneuve embarks on Dune Part Two, the next chapter of Frank Herbert's celebrated novel Dune. With an expanded all-star international ensemble cast, the film from Warner Brothers Pictures and Legendary Pictures is the highly anticipated follow-up to... The 2021 six time Academy Award winning film Dune. The big screen epic continues the adaptation of Frank Herbert's acclaimed bestseller Dune with returning and new stars including Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Austin Butler, Florence Pugh, David Batista, Christopher Walken, Stephen McKinley Henderson, Leah Sado with Stellan Skarsgård, Charlotte Rampling, and Javier Bardem. Dune Part 2 will explore the mythic journey of Paul Atreides as he unites with Chani and the Fremen while on a warpath of revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family. Facing a choice between the love of his life and the fate of the known universe, he endeavors to prevent a terrible future only he can foresee. Uh, as I mentioned, Denise Villeneuve is the director, uh, and he also co-wrote the screenplay with John Spates, uh, and it's based on, as I mentioned, uh, Herbert's novel. Um, he's also re-teaming with Greg Fraser, who was the cinematographer who won Best Cinematography for Dune. Uh, he's also partnering back with Hans Zimmer, who won uh, for Best Score, and I believe Woo. Patrice uh, he's, is, is the production designer again, uh, Oscar-winning. Uh, from this movie as well. So uh, a lot of great things continuing into it. Uh, Dune part two is in theaters globally as of March 1st. So tomorrow a huge thanks to our friends at Warner Brothers Canada for inviting us out to see this uh, screening with a packed house. Of people, uh, definitely yeah. all very very excited. We got some cosplayers there too, so huge. thanks. Yeah, they to they
1: handed out uh, spices and tea. Yeah, spices and tea. Spices for your <laughs> popcorn. Tea and Spi- yeah. like, I I feel
0: like you could put it like you put it on your popcorn a little bit or something like that. I, I thought that yeah. was pretty smart. Um, and then tea, of course, you know, it makes it makes sense, you know. Yeah. spiritual
1: watch when you watch the movie as well there's yeah. some something they drink too so. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> um but look as as i like to host these uh, spoiler free reviews i always like to kind of set up some pillars and we'll wa- talk about what worked and what didn't work in these three pillars uh but look and feel that's a big one uh performances and pacing um so let's start with with look and feel and and like i said it's it's a big one because this is going to be all-encompassing we're going to talk about cinematography visual effects music maybe even production design costume design um, there's a lot for us to talk here in Look and Feel, and I really think it has everything to do uh, why with what this movie does really well. It envelops audiences in this sort of immersive execution of both technique and artistry, You know, blending visuals and auditory elements to create, in my opinion, probably one of the most unforgettable cinematic experiences. So, uh, Nate, why, why don't you kick things off talking a little bit more about
1: that? yeah well, I mean just just to that Justin, <clears throat> as an unforgettable cinematic experience, just before I dive deep into to we dive deep into look and feel, I think uh the first thing I have to say is i I learned something about myself last night that I haven't really thought about but Justin when I leave a movie and it's bad, I can instantly share my criticisms of it. when I leave a movie and it's great, I can usually pretty much right out of the theater tell you what I loved about it um, but when i when I leave a movie and it's astonishing uh, i'm I'm surprisingly quiet uh, right out of the theater and i think I think this movie left me in a bit of a trance i was <laughs> I was coming down from the the spice high uh, and and now that I've had some time to think about it i I can confidently say that that this is already my favorite movie of the year I know the year just got started um, it's my favorite thing i've watched so far, and I think it's it might sound like hyperbole, but I do think it absolutely is um, you know what everyone's saying it is one of the best sequels of all time um but as far as look and feel I you know Denis Villeneuve um at least for the movies that I've seen of his I haven't seen a lot of his older stuff I think I've mostly stayed within the sci-fi stuff that he's done um but he just has such a, a phenomenal way of, of world building with some incredible vision and attention to detail um and you know you brought up uh, Greg Frazier the cinematographer uh Patrice Vermette the production designer you know all of them sort of have just done such an excellent job at kind of getting you to a place where you're sucked into this world I was I was mesmerized by this world and it felt like a dream and if you're listening to this and and you can if you have the the ability to go see this movie in IMAX please go experience this in IMAX experience Arrakis in IMAX because it is um it's unforgettable it's like you said it's an unforgettable experience
0: yeah absolutely like i'm i the the camera work like is is top notch and and you know greg fraser again he just shows his artistry and his technical abilities so it's just on full display in mm-hmm. with w- with this with this film and and obviously it comes with a collaboration of of with with denise but you know that there's a sense of freedom there and he is exploring things um it really does make you feel like you're in some of these environments, whether it's it's vast deserts or futuristic cities. And mm-hmm. you're absolutely right; you need to see this in IMAX. The the IMAX is probably some of the most impressive parts of this movie from a visual standpoint, in that it towers; the images tower over you. You're you are you know again enveloped in it. You are immersed in it. It's it is it really does. It really does kind of encapsulate everything we're talking about about how much it, it it brings you into its its world. Um so you need to see it on the biggest screen imaginable. I I just it's yeah. it's a mandatory thing. If you if you can if you if it's accessible if it's accessible in in your area then for sure. If you got to drive 40 minutes, I'd say it's totally worth it. If you got to drive 2 or 3 hours, then it's, it's really It's still up to worth you. it. It's still I would still, worth I it, would still say it's worth it. I would. <laughs> I would too. But again, not everybody's going to is going to make that call too. But right. you know, the, the 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 everything really came comes together in the visual sense where where it's you know either sweeping shots or intense action sequences like there's mm-hmm. some great action choreography here but the cinematography in in dune 2 is to be celebrated like greg fraser bravo like i really do think that
1: get another oscar i think he deserves (laughs) it like again
0: yeah like you said this this is the probably one of the first things we've seen really of this year we've we've watched stuff but we haven't other than television but movie Mm -hmm. wise we've we've been pretty we've been pretty quiet so yeah this for the first movie a problem early like sorry for what will be probably the first movie of the year
1: or the first blockbuster of the
0: year, this is definitely top of the list and a lot of it has to do from that, that visual standpoint.
1: Yeah, Justin, there were so many times and I hope that, uh, I didn't bother you because it was a packed house. Normally, when we go to these uh, these these screenings, you know, if it's a press screening, we'll we'll comfortably sit a chair away from each other, not because we we don't enjoy each other's space, but just so that we can kind of have a place to put our coats and things like that. It's it's cold in Canada, um, but I will say, I hope I didn't bug you with all the giggling that I was doing because there were just so many moments where I couldn't stop smiling and giggling in in the sheer spectacle of what's on screen you used and it,
0: my word bro spectacle. i can't believe you used that. <laughs> i took it i i'm, taking I'm, I'm it. glad you're using it cuz you you get, you busted my balls enough after like <laughs>
1: avatar <laughs> review is just a spectacle and i'm like
0: it, 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 that's what it is man that's what yeah. it is
1: <laughs> but but when you can when you confuse such a great movie with all those moments of spectacle this does such a an, a better job than than avatar and i think there are just so many moments and it, it reminded me of the feeling of when you're um when you're on, maybe you're on like a roller coaster or you're just up somewhere really high and you look out over a cityscape and it's a it's a really far drop. And it, sometimes you get those nervous like giggles and 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 smiles and that's the sheer scale of what's on screen is what hit me. Um, and the other thing I'd say, I, and I haven't fully worked it out why yet, but for some reason I was so much more drawn into the world of Arrakis this time around. Um, I think they must've done a better job at showing Rather than telling us about the different sections this time around, because I, I think, and I, I, maybe this is more recency bias, but i can't I can't stop thinking about the world and its characters. I had trouble sleeping last night because I was just thinking about this movie, and i I felt I felt about this movie in a similar way to the first time seeing The Lord of the Rings. And dare I even go so far? Dare I even be so bold, Justin, uh, as to say Star Wars? Um, the the design language, how the characters look, the costumes, their languages, their their cultures are so rich in this movie. The way they move and they fight, like you already mentioned the the choreography, it's just so rich and full that it's just so exciting for the world of uh, sci-fi cinema. And I think there's gonna be instances where you see. Star Wars looking things. There might be some lines and story beats that are going to feel Star Wars to you if you're not familiar with Dune, but Dune inspired Star Wars. So that's bound to happen. And yet at the same time, for all the little moments that I was like, you know, the Star Wars fan in me was kind of going, oh, I I think I recognize that. It still felt so fresh and unique as a whole. And it just sort of, I, I was... Again, I'm going to bring up the word mesmerized a lot, but I was just so entranced and so intrigued by this world this time around.
0: Yeah, I I think a lot of that has to do from like how you said the visual language, the design style. You know it, the future that it depicts. It's it's sleek. It's minimal, right? The technology and architecture it's seen in the tar- it's Sorry, it's it's obvious in the technology and the architecture. Uh, you, you know, clean lines, monochromatic colors. You know, mm. throughout specific moments and scenes and and, and planets and and, and whatnot. Um, there's there's a sense of uh, there's a lack of embellishment and an emphasis on structure and and. Uh, stature, if you will. And that that minimalist style really does serve to em- emphasize sort of s- the stark severity uh, of the film's futuristic world and, and, and sort of highlight the contrast between advanced technology and the harsh, unforgiving environment of Arrakis. Um, the result is honestly something that is completely fresh, completely new, even as sci-fi nerds and geeks are going to do as you did. They're going to connect those dots between, oh, that looks very Star Wars, or that feels very Star Wars reference. But yes, it is, it is. you know, Dune did inspire Star Wars, and I don't think that that's it. I, I honestly think that there's so many different things that you could connect back to this movie or to this this world of Dune, like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. uh, with the, its emphasis on politics and, and the families star wars obviously for for its sense of sci fi but this is this is completely fresh in my mind like i i don't like it, the only thing it really feels like it connects to me with is more of what Denise has already done right so mm. like even like blade 2049 arrival like, yeah. arrival yeah. for sure right like yeah. it's it's more about how denise's visualization of the future has this sort of sleek minimalistic design that kind of speaks to the sort of contrast of of uh, order and chaos at the same time it's really it's really really beautiful and yeah the costume work as well as you mentioned the costume work so confident the cultural uh, touches so confident it's it's like it's clear there's not a there's a sort of a, a an adoption of 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 cultures that are here kind of made me worried at first that maybe some people might think of it as too much of a an appropriation to take from from different cultures to kind of infuse mm. but there is a sense of freshness and and there's a sense of familiarity with with some of it I, I couldn't help but think of like my like my side like the Islamic faith to a certain mm-hmm. degree of, of how of worship and how prayer was right so mm-hmm. but to do it so confidently to fill out that world with all these elements to your point there was more to invest in because there was less of a, uh, there was less need to have to catch us up on what's going on. Um, yeah. First, when we talk about pacing, we'll, we'll probably get more into that. Um, but this really was able to allow the world to speak, and and the and the the whole galaxy of of what do where, where Dune exists to exist. Sorry, to explain visually what it where, what the world is.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think. Visually, um, audibly, <laughs> audibly, no, the sound is the sound was
0: incredible. It's it's mirrored Unreal. so well with the visuals. It's I think the design and musical score is just is top notch.
1: Yeah, Han, Hans Zimmer for the score, at least, I mean, gives so much life to this world, and it's it's the kind of sound that like it strikes you like a, like a a blade of a Conan warrior to the chest. Like you feel it like that, like that, that incredible sound mixed with the, 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 you know, uh, Sardaukar chanting. It just, it, it highlights both the, the beauty of, of Arrakis, but then also the danger at the same time. And I think, I think it makes Dune again, stand out so much more in the world of sci-fi cinema um, for me, this score and this sound that, that Zimmer's creating with these movies is some of his best work. And I think for me, it's up there with Lion King. It's up there with Interstellar. It's up there with Pirates of the Caribbean and even scores from John Williams. And I, I think just like those films, I can, I can hear the music of Dune and I can rewatch the movie in my head. And that's how you know those two experiences are so perfectly tied together mm-hmm. because I can't, I can't do one without the other. Right. And it's oh it's so good. Yeah, the
0: the music is married to the visuals. Absolutely. It it everything everything Hans is doing is adding depth and emotion. But you know what was really interesting and I I I wanted to talk to you about this was actually mm-hmm. that 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 uh very well known song from the first score with the with the singing and the, the yes. sort of the uh <laughs> I don't know. Do you what... want me to do it? <laughs> yeah, <I don't> wanna... <laughs> Okay, so 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 thank you for the for the audible reference. But listen, um, I did it once no, before. We had to bring it back. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have to say, like that sort of is served as a theme song from the first yeah. movie. Um, yeah. And it didn't it's really make title. its appearance exactly, but it didn't make it. It didn't doesn't really make its appearance predominantly in this movie. Only mm-hmm. at key moments, and I really liked that because yeah. it harken back to it, what the first movie was meant to do was to establish motive, was to establish Mm. intent and then to understand it here. So what Hans brings to this, again, much like the visuals, allowing us to see the world and experience it, the music does the same thing. It enhances everything so that we can experience the visuals and and that it's so well done. And, And it's crazy to think that, they probably worked together but they also probably worked a lot apart and then it mm-hmm. came together right and i think that's that's the beauty of what outstanding filmmaking like this can really accomplish is this perfect marriage as, as you said to to listen and picture and watch and listen you know what i mean and hear the elements that that intertwine and and you know they're just so well associated with one another so i absolutely love that
1: and the sound design like we were oh. talking about uh Dave Whitehead and his team I think just for all the reasons that you need to see this movie in IMAX you have to you need it. to hear this movie yeah. in IMAX the and base. it's like the explosion the bass was insane Dude, oh when my they God. plant when they plant like the the thumpers which is what they yeah. used to call the sound worms like you just feel it every single time and it's or or like uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil who and what, but there is, let's just say there's a pounding of someone's head into a hard surface. <laughs> I remember we all, like everyone in the theater was like, oh, like <laughs> audibly, like like just, whoa, yeah. like it just, you feel it, you feel yeah. it so much and it's so appreciated.
0: Well, it's, I think it's, it's very much like everything, everyone who's working on this movie, everything is done with intent.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and all those sounds, like even just right off the top, the intense sound, right? Like, Oh, there's like a line of
1: text that comes up and it just, but it was, it was just heavy
0: sound that goes with it. It it really threw you into the movie, right? Like it was, it was really intense. Um, But yeah, I think, I think again, it, it really does summarize the sound, the score, the cinematography, the production. It's obviously great collaboration, but it's just, so many great elements coming together. And and I honestly think this movie is going to dominate next year at the Oscars in a lot of these technical awards, even Mm -hmm. editing editing Mm -hmm. is, 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 is amazing. And we'll talk maybe a little bit more about the editing when we get into pacing, but the editing of this movie really does help, uh, experience a lot of these elements. Okay. Let's talk about all of these, uh, outstanding, uh, performances. I, I already listed off all the characters. Um, you know, I'll just open up with the caveat: uh, nobody disappointed. There's probably no some one. people that I would wanted to have seen a little bit more of, or maybe sure, you know, yeah. see where things end up. But at the end of the day, everyone delivers. Yeah, <laughs> everyone yeah, Justin, is. If, in it.
1: if we were to talk about all the incredible performances in this movie we would this podcast we just will have to be longer the, than the movie, exactly yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah it I, would... I i don't have i don't know if we have enough time to do all no, of that <laughs> not everyone not everyone can i can i uh mention the first performance that really struck me yeah, in this absolutely. movie was um because it was and the reason it hit me was because i wasn't expecting it it was a refreshing shift in tone for dune that i wasn't expecting at all from the first movie that's javier? Uh, and that's javier javier <laughs> yeah. Bardem Stilgar. like we're we're cracking up from from a lot of his moments in the theater and and to me, it, it felt like you know we already made the the Lord of the Rings references, and I and I know a lot of people are, but to me, well, I would just say this is this is like the the Gimli of this movie. But take take pessimistic humor and replace it with sheer optimism and loyalty, and you've got Stilgar. And it was so refreshing, and it added so much more um, accessibility to these characters that I didn't fully get from the first film. The first film. a lot of the moments felt like I was, and I felt like I was looking, I was from the outside looking in and here, because of those moments of getting to laugh along with some of these characters, I'm like, I'm right there with you. I'm in the sand. Like, let's, let's go. So good.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, that's funny.
1: I I think the
0: Javier definitely was um, a bit of a comedy touch, but also very, very integral um, as, as huge will see, as you watch the movie, but I don't know. I, I loved the him as as the addition. I, I also loved that sort of charming heartwarming side of him, the the side mm-hmm. that does kind of break down the wall a little bit of seriousness because you're right, the first movie there wasn't any of that. It, it seemed dark and gloomy and and you know, very uh, just very serious, taking itself very seriously. For sure. But I think again as we, we we're talking about with as we were mentioning with the the first portion of Look and Feel, it, it all felt like we were meant to experience it, and maybe that's why these the story is written in a specific way or structured in a specific way around these around these characters and these performances because that allows us to live in this world a little bit more as well, right? Like you said, you mm-hmm. get to see, you feel like you're there with them, you know, because you're it, there's there's this sort of vulnerability, and you get a lot of that from from a lot of people uh, throughout yeah. throughout this movie. I, um, I'll. I'll say zendaya it was fine you know Mm -hmm. everyone was like damn she wasn't even in the the last one and she's definitely in this one she's she's in this one and um yeah her sense of again confidence is a key Mm -hmm. word that i would use for her character and and her her relatability of what's driving her i thought that really serves as a palpable dichotomy to Mm -hmm. the bigger picture of 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 other of what others are working towards
1: and I think Zendaya uh, Zendaya emphasizes that confidence through her performance. She's yeah, she's perfect in this role, and I I love how she maintains herself throughout the entirety of the film. I think, um, I think there's you know I think there's a lot of movies where you know if you've got a, a love interest situation that one of the characters fully assimilates to the other character, and and they, they can kind of lose each other. But I think with this, she's she still maintains such a good chemistry with Timothy's Paul, but, but it's the right amount. It never feels like too much. It it just feels like she, she really does care for him. But at the same time, she maintains her reservations. And it's, it's a, it's a complex love narrative that I was, again, just something that I wasn't fully expecting. I knew that they were going to you know, hook up based off of what we saw in the first one, but this one where they're, they're, they're not, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're together <laughs> no, in this yeah. one, but yeah. I think, I think Zendaya um, killed it in this, in this movie. I thought she was excellent. Um, yeah. Can I also mention Rebecca Ferguson? I think, yes. Um, you know, I talked about being mesmerized by this movie. She, she, she put me in a, in a trance at certain points in this movie with her, her Bene Gesserit moments. I think the way she speaks in this movie is like like lightning, like it's 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 terrifying. Oh, it, it hits like, your soul. It hits yeah. your soul. Like
0: it's a totally different performance for her, again from the first knew, movie. Yeah, well, from the yeah. first movie, but from anything that I think Rebecca Ferguson has done, yeah. right? Like she's always confident. She's always she's always believes the characters that she's playing very much like Z- Zendaya, um, but <clears throat> the difference here is that there's such a strike and contrast to most what else she's played and there's an eeriness and almost a bit of a horror element to her character that really does does push the push the limits and i'm i'm i was kind of weirded out with her i you know i've loved her in everything i've done and i loved her in this movie but it was the first time i'm like i was uneasy when she was on screen like you know i didn't know how she you know how she's gonna pop off
1: yeah she she's She's terrifying, but for completely different reasons than someone like Austin Butler uh, as Freyd Rautha, which I, you know, originally portrayed by Sting in the 1984 film Is something I learned today because I looked up the trailer for that movie just so I could sort of get more uh, into the world of Dune. And here, Austin Butler as uh, Freyd Rautha is transformed in this movie. He does such a good job at becoming this this otherworldly being that, um, you can see he has just as much passion and fervor as Paul Atreides, but for all the wrong reasons. And I think, you know, he's he's such a good antagonist. It brought me back to, and I apologize again for keeping on bringing up the comparisons here, but it brought me back to Darth Maul, the first time seeing Darth Maul. It brought me back to a bit of God, Gore the God Butcher at times. And this might be a crazy comparison here, but at times it brought me back to some of the stuff he does reminded me of um, the portrayal of Satan in the passion of the christ um, he's he's a demon in this movie and it's one of those characters that for me I see him on screen and there's moments where I'm like I want to look away but at the same time I couldn't take my eyes off him and it was it was scary and <laughs> it was he's a he's a frightening dude in this movie and I just I was blown away I was just shocked because i I was expecting Elvis. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I think he was, he was easily one of the best parts of this, this movie in terms of performances, and yeah, it beca- it's because of how much he transformed himself. He becomes this character. We see him, um, very much lose himself to, to, to the character, and as you mentioned, it's, it's sometimes hard to watch him on screen because he is so intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but much like you know the villains that we've known in the past that we've enjoyed like. Heath Ledger's The Joker, yeah, uh, is what what I thought of in terms of when I saw Austin Butler's portrayal. I think that it was very much um, indicative of of someone that in, was uncalculated. You couldn't anticipate, but knew you knew they were crazy, and they yeah. you couldn't trust them. And he played that to a T. Um, yeah, I I think he, I think he I think he could be nominated for best supporting. Next Ooh, year. He, and I think he would and he would deserve it. I, I was like, I yeah. didn't he didn't really deserve it for Alvis. I'm just like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> here, like, I would say, okay, yeah. you know, like this guy, he really does bring bring the heat uh with it.
1: Well, um, I I do wanna I I mean, there's still uh our main character that we we need to talk about. Just before we do though, I wanna shout out Florence Pugh. Uh Flo Poo, as I, I love to call her. She's she's awesome in this movie. I think she is. Does she one like of to those... be
0: called Flo Poo? Because it's just I sh- like, I don't I sh- know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Maybe not. We I'll I'll ask her one day. I'll ask her one day. But um but no, I, I think, you know, it's one of those characters that I think might be the only one that I I I, I do I did want uh more of. I do want to see more of because you can tell that she's such a powerhouse in this world. Um she she, you know, I think they they whenever they cut back to her we can sort of see her character uh watching from afar and and watching these situations unfold and the war around her but you can tell that at the same time she's on another level like she's playing a different game uh than anyone in this world and I think it was it was I'm really I think the the biggest thing about her performance is that I'm just I, I really am excited to kind of learn more about this character if we do get we'll get a follow-up we're getting get another movie so when we get that next movie um i just think i really want to see her uh in it because i i'm i just i thought she did a really good job with what she was given in this movie
0: yeah florence's character is definitely gonna be more important in future stories um Mm -hmm. i think without a doubt there are elements to this overall film that give you the hints that there's more story to tell um mm-hmm. but that said as you mentioned she wasn't in the movie for that much and she she really does deliver some great performances she is one of the people i was referring to before where i just like a little bit more the yeah. other person was david dave, uh dave batista uh, sure yeah he was, he was a little more sidelined uh this time around uh but it do, it didn't stop him because he still was outstanding <laughs> and yeah, intense absolutely. and his yeah. figure and the same goes for for stellan skarsgård as the baron um mm. another villain that you know was was hard to watch on screen sometimes and also you didn't anticipate uh you couldn't didn't know when to anticipate like he would snap right so yeah uh and the the relationship obviously with with uh baron and his nephews and and whatnot mm-hmm. that's you know that interesting family dynamic was was great to see uh unfold especially just the three acting performances uh from that family and the, of the harkins alone it's it's it was really really well done but uh, let's talk about him the chalamet. 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 Uh, this guy i don't know like i've i've always kind of been like i don't know what's so great about timothy chalamet like yeah. i don't i don't know like even in dune one in the first dune i was like whatever but here uh i was rooting for him i was excited yeah. i smiled when he made his achievements i was uh i felt for him when he was when he was you know hit by emotional stuff and I don't know. I think, uh, I think he's, he's, he's fully enveloped himself into this character and, and it shows in every way in this performance. And mm-hmm. I think it was as much as this is like a hero's journey story to, in a lot of ways, it very much is a Timothy Chalamet sort of external experience of I think cr- crafting this character and becoming this character. Cause it's so, it's so
1: great to see him,
0: uh, you know, win and succeed at certain things and moments and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, like you were saying, like there, there's an element uh, this time around that you know the audience, uh, you know we are Paul Atreides, right? And we get to go along on this journey with him. But I think I think he's he's so excellent in this movie, and I'm I'm pretty positive that this is my favorite performance of his uh, to date. Oh, I for think sure, he. Yeah. He's quiet when he needs to be. He's loud and commanding when he needs to be, and it's always believable. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can see his character transition and grow throughout the movie. Uh, and uh, to me, I think that's actually a little tough to do in a sequel. Um, I, I think to 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 kind of have his character we're we're introduced in the first one, but here we really get to sort of spend a, a lot of time with him to to see him grow and evolve and change. And I think you know at the beginning of the movie, Timothy is is playing. Uh, Paul as someone who's learning, and by the end of it, as I said, I, I believed every aspect of his character uh, yeah. as a leader, and uh, and it's just it was really impressive, and I'm I'm stoked uh, that that he, as you said, he's enveloped himself so much into this role.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know you talked about it really well. His his character's arc through this story is so well handled, um, and you feel rewarded. It's earned. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing comes. Nothing comes uh, too too fast or not fast enough. It, it's all earned, and I think a lot of that has to do with pacing and structure of the story overall, um, and obviously that collaboration of figuring out the character beats throughout. So let's talk about pacing because this mm-hmm. time around, I, I have to say, like I really enjoyed my time with this movie. I think the first time that I saw this movie, uh, part, part sorry, the first time that I saw part one, I kind of came out of it and thought it was really dense. And I get it. Like, Denis Villeneuve doesn't really want to hold your hands. He's putting you in this world and you're sort of figuring it out. But it was, as you described it, and I think I'm going to steal it from you right now, is it was the outside looking in. Yeah. uh, And it was hard to get in. It felt like there was a wall that was sort of there and you understand now from the pacing and structure of part two how that movie was just set up and this is where as we were talking about before this is where you get to live in the world this is Mm -hmm. where you get to be a part of dune you're no longer on the outside you're on the in uh you're understanding more of the people and the culture and all the nuances of it um so where the first one felt external this definitely the pacing for this one and the point of view really helped to keep this feel like again as i as i mentioned a a hero's journey story um to 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 what would be hopefully another story <laughs> i'm hoping for um yeah. but i really enjoyed it i think i think it it all made sense that you don't really feel that that runtime of uh, 245 it's 15 minutes longer if i'm not mistaken than than the last one maybe a I little bit think it's like 10 less. minutes longer maybe 10 yeah because it was 2:35 yeah. and now it's 2:45 so like 2 hours and 45 minutes is a lot of time but you know the one thing that lo- at least nolan has seemed to have crafted and now we can say about Denise as well here is that they know how to do long movies and structure yeah. it so that you really don't feel it like you're moving through the paces so so well that it's it's you know it it doesn't feel like you're you're stop going stop going all the time which i know a lot of movies we've talked about in the past they do have that problem.
1: And I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the the things that I love about this, the pacing in this movie, like you said, like, yes, it's 10 minutes longer than the first one, but it felt shorter. And mm-hmm. I think that there's, there's a, a really, really good balance of who we stay with and when we stay with them in terms of the various families and characters. It felt like we uh, got to experience so much more of this world, not just from both sides, but from all sides with new characters and perspectives in this film. Um, the story this time around is still it's still dense, but like we're saying, yeah. it, it doesn't feel unattainable. And I think it it reminded me like like, you know, hearing us talk about um, Star Wars now as veteran fans, I would call us. Um, I'm just thinking back to the first time when I discovered Star Wars or Lord of the Rings and hearing people that were so invested in in that world before I was and how intimidating those worlds sounded back then but this movie felt to me like a fast track to learning about this world and the cultures and i really appreciate it for that
0: do you think you learned more from this movie than you did from the first movie about
1: this world absolutely movie? absolutely okay. yeah and, that's, and again and i think that's that it. has to do with again, like I said, who they're spending time with, where and when. Uh, how we move uh, around. Yeah. And I get that that's just like the definition of pacing in a movie, but, but it, it, it's it is. Yeah. it's a massive story, but it still feels personal, right? Like we're experiencing yeah. a lot of this through, through Paul, through Chani, through Stilgar, and through Lady Jessica. And I think it, it never felt too big or that it got away from me. Um, I, I think um, I'm just, I'm wondering if I go back now to the first one. Given what we got from this entry, I'm wondering if maybe it'll feel more palatable.
0: That's why I, I like I watched Dune last year or not last year, actually sooner than last year. But sure. I wasn't going to watch it again in in I, I remembered n- enough of it. Um, mm-hmm. But now I want to watch it after seeing this movie. Yeah. Uh, and see how much more of it sticks, because I think even after the second watch, I really enjoyed the visuals. Right. Mm-hmm. But I just really I, f- I found the pacing and the structure to be so Hard in part mm-hmm. one, whereas here it felt loose and more um, uh, tangible, right? And the way mm-hmm. you kind of you move through, right? Like, and you, you said you 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 might it might be a little bit more accessible for people because we're actually spending time with characters and less time on on the sort of world building elements of mm-hmm. of Dune, right? The world has been built. Now we get to tell the story. So, but this uh, this yeah like.
1: Yeah, they- there's there's just the fact that we're we're this feels more like an adventure it, it the incredible visuals intense moments comedic moments romantic moments like this movie has something for everyone for in everyone, its story yeah. and 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 it does that while also not pandering to any one of those aspects it 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 mm-hmm. stays true to its original vision uh and it's still damn good sci-fi but it still is just a great movie for everyone i i don't know i just yeah, I'm kind of getting into final thoughts, but <laughs> you go
0: ahead. Yeah, well, like, if, if you want, go ahead. Keep going. This is our final thoughts. And what you're going to do is you're going to wrap it up with a score out of uh, five sandworms. So Five continue. sandworms. That's a lot yeah. of
1: sandworms, dude. Those are yeah. baby ones or regular size ones or grandfather ones?
0: I don't know. What, how, <laughs> whatever you want. Pick your sandworms. Okay.
1: All right. Well, well, yeah. So, I mean, this movie, um, to me, is not just one of uh, the best... Uh, sci-fi movies but one of the best movies that i've i think i've ever seen <laughs> i i, I it, it improves upon part one in seemingly every way like we're talking about um the first one as we said is a great setup but this movie just elevates beyond and i think it it is the very definition of what sci-fi cinema uh should strive to be should should aim for um i i adored this movie its characters its world the performances the visuals the sound the score uh, and again it's it's one of the best sequels of all time. Um, I know this sounds like a box quote, uh, a lot of what I'm saying. I know it sounds cheesy, um, but I don't care. This is a movie that you have to see to believe. It's one of those films that brings you into its world so much, and it's it's at such a large scale that you forget you're watching something that's made by people. And kind of sitting on that and, and ruminating on that fact that this is made by a team of people. And it's not a real place. And these aren't real things that were filmed. Like, it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's shocking uh, coming away from it. And I'm, uh, I'm yeah, absolutely giving Dune 2 um, a perfect five out of five uh, grandpa sandworms. The biggest sandworms possible uh, I'm giving to this movie because it just is, is excellent. And it's going to be one that uh, sticks with me. And I can't wait to go back to Arrakis.
0: Yeah, I I'm uh, much of the same sentiments. You know, we we've already talked about the look and feel, the cinematography and the performances. It's all outstanding. I think collectively as I mentioned sorry, collectively I think we can agree that this movie is entirely special it is something to mesmerize at you know and you you made the reference so i'm i'm going to i'm going to draw it out a little bit more but watching dune part 2 does feel like you're stepping into a fever dream induced yeah. by the spice itself you know the <laughs> film it immerses you in its world with breathtaking visuals and mesmerizing soundscapes like we talked about and performances that have you just believing uh visuals and and visual effects and and worlds and stuff that unfold in sort of, sort of in a a vivid hallucinate, a vivid hallucination. Um, And I think a lot of like, just like the spice, you are left to feel exhilarated and entranced. And that's how Mm -hmm. I felt. Mm -hmm. I like, I was in awe after I saw this movie. And to your point, it's, it is, it is incredible to watch a movie like this and forget. And the moment everyone that was involved in making it, but a huge shout out to Denise and the entire team mm-hmm. behind this the and the cast again for just bringing the belief and the commitment and for denise to to be so committed and so loved they they've made something special here something truly truly special, and something that has so much love in it and it, you know if it's if it's not from its beautiful uh it's beautiful visuals, whether it's just you know desert scapes or if it's just you know futuristic cities or it's choreography and fight action sequences, or even if it's more the intimate moments that we get from this too, on the other side, these, these sort of longing shots, these more focused shots, everything is done with intent in this movie. And rightfully so, I think this is, yes, the best movie thus far for as of March, as of as we get to February 29th, <laughs> it's leap day, happy leap day, by the way, um, uh, and um you know, it, it is the best movie of the year, and I think it it will be the best movie of the year because there's nothing that's going to touch this. This is whole, wholly unique on itself from a sci fi perspective, mm-hmm. and I, I I just I think it's it's new sci fi this is like this is on its own we know where the influences have come from we know what's inspired it 2001 space odyssey star mm-hmm. wars uh, visuals not the actual story but star wars visuals right mm-hmm. game of thrones all the things that we've known and love all these huge popular things but they've all existed here for a very long time in Dude and in, in herbert's world and it's so amazing to see Villain have just push that forward into a, a new a new threshold of what sci-fi filmmaking looks like so yeah five out of five grandfather sandworms maybe a, maybe even you know what i'll go crazy i'll add another five more i give this 10 out of five no i'm just joking. this is no five out of five too sandworms. many worms too many worms yeah too many worms. uh five out of five sandworms uh for this for this film for sure awesome all right Well, that is it for our spoiler-free review for Dune Part 2. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, if you did and you enjoyed the movie, or maybe you didn't and you want to let us know, well, you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt. Well, it's formerly known as Twitter, now it's known as X, uh, at geekcentricyt. Or you can reach out to us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Uh, Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest in the Geekiverse such as our spoiler free review for Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3, Episodes 1 to 8, and so much more on the way in terms of reviews. Uh, we also have a whole bunch of interviews, like uh, our special Behind the Geeks interview with Paul Sung Hung Lee and Daniel Day Kim from Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender. Nate had a chance to sit down with them both, and they had a pretty hilarious conversation. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, one that was both like, it was, had a lot of sincerity and it had a lot of humor. So I really enjoyed it. was like it was, yeah, exactly. It was pretty it's pretty much exactly. Stilgar It was a still guard sort of toned interview. <laughs> um, um, we also have some Bad Batch interviews. Uh, Nate and Meg sat down with the voice of Omega, Michelle Ang, uh, from Star Wars: The Bad Batch, and I actually had the opportunity to sit down with head writer Jennifer Corbett and supervising director Brad Rao of Star Wars: The Bad Batch season three. Um, but we speaking of bad, The Bad Batch, we do have our ongoing Watch Club uh, episodes one to three are out right now. Our spoiler filled. Discussion for the Bad Batch uh, season three is is going. Um, we will have more episodes coming uh, as of March thirteenth when I believe episode seven drops. We will be dropping another uh, bundle of episodes from four to seven, and then after that, we're we're in full we're in full Watch Club mode. Week weekly week. Watch Club that'll weekly be week. But uh, that's not it. We got a ton of other stuff coming in, uh, so uh, we're gonna be busy uh over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric where you can see some of our latest video interviews. Uh but until next time, Nate, thank you for taking the Dune to join me. Uh doesn't work, does it? No, I was trying to get one more. (laughs) Thank you for doing it with me. Justin. Come on. Oh it was right there. It was right there. Okay. Right there. Let's let's try that again.
1: No, hey. it's it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> okay. The spice I'm already down for my spice high, Justin.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still coming down for my spice high. All right, guys. <laughs> well, we'll see you next time. Until next time, as we say. Love ya. Peace.